Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 23rd of August. I'd like to begin by telling you that today is the last day of our Independence Day campaign. So if you haven't gotten your subscription already, this campaign is the perfect opportunity to support our independent media organization. If you buy an annual plan, you get NL goodies free with it depending on the subscription level. Head over to newslaundry.com and click on iDay Offer. India recorded 25,000 coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, pushing the country's infection tally to 3.24 crore. As per the Union Health Ministry's notification, today's case tally is the lowest in 160 days. The death toll increased by 389, taking the total fatality count to 4.34 lakh. All these figures, however, have been reported to be heavy undercounts. A committee set up under the National Institute of Disaster Management today warned the union government about the lack of pediatric facilities in case a large number of children get affected during the third wave of the pandemic. The experts in the committee said that children could be affected as severely as adults, particularly because they remain unvaccinated. They stressed prioritizing vaccinations against the virus for children with comorbidities and those with special needs. According to NDTV, The National Institute of Disaster Management in its report said that pediatric facilities like doctors and equipment like ventilators and ambulances are nowhere close to what may be required in case a large number of children become infected. Meanwhile, schools across the country are also beginning to reopen in a phased manner due to the decrease in cases. In Karnataka, schools for classes 9 to 12 reopened today after 18 months. Similarly, schools for classes 6 to 8 in Uttar Pradesh were scheduled to begin today, but a public holiday was declared due to the death of former Chief Minister Kalyan Singh. The Haryana government on Sunday extended COVID-19 restrictions for two more weeks. The restrictions have been extended until 5 a.m. on September 6th. The Chief Secretary Vijay Vardhan also issued a fresh directive urging service providers to obey the no mask no service regulation. Several Bharatiya Janata Party MPs have been arrested for allegedly breaking COVID norms during the Jan Aashirwad Yatra that took place in Assam. Those arrested include Assam Chief Minister Himanta Biswa Sarma and Union Minister Sarvananda Sonowar. The police complaint was lodged by Assam Jatiya Parishad, a regional party backed by student outfits including all Assam Students Union. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 211.8 million people and led to over 4.43 million deaths since the beginning of the pandemic in December 2019, according to Johns Hopkins University. Prime Minister Narendra Modi today directed External Affairs Minister S. Jaishankar to organize a conference with political parties from across the country to discuss events in Afghanistan and India's position on the matter. India is currently carrying out evacuation operations from Kabul in the aftermath of the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. On Sunday, 168 passengers on a special flight from Kabul landed in India. Two other flights carrying around 350 people evacuated from Kabul landed in India from Dushanbe and Doha on Sunday morning. According to the Quint, last week while chairing a meeting of the cabinet committee on security on the crisis in Afghanistan prime minister narendra modi had told officials to ensure the safe evacuation of all indian nationals and provide refuge to sikh and hindu minorities wanting to come to india he also affirmed to provide all possible help to afghan citizens looking for assistance from india As a humanitarian crisis unfolds in Afghanistan after Taliban's August 15 takeover, some mainstream TV news channels here at home chose to cover the crisis with their usual dose of bigotry and hatred. 
Instead of reporting from the ground about displaced Afghans or the sensitive political situation, they chose to spend their prime time on high decibel bigotry, rants and invited so-called representatives of Indian Muslims who praised the Taliban. If this wasn't enough, Republic TV's Arnab Goswami ranted about international media covering the crisis like BBC and CNN from his studio. Catch this week's episode of TV Nuisance, where News Laundry's Manisha Pandey gives a roundup of the TV news media's coverage of the Afghanistan crisis. But here at News Laundry, our reporters have been bringing you stories of Afghan refugees who have arrived in India. To give their voices a platform, my colleague Nidhi Suresh spoke to them about their ordeal. 37-year-old Afghan refugee Zabiullah Zabi, whose life was uprooted from Afghanistan, now lives in Delhi's Lajpat Nagar with his wife and children. He told Nidhi how his children ask him when they can return home. But the family's future has now been thrown into uncertainty. You can read their first-person account on newslaundry.com. It is titled, My Kids Shouldn't Grow Up Where They Can't Sing, Dance, Love Freely, Afghan Consulate Worker Who Fled. You can also find our other reports on the crisis filed under the section Afghanistan Crisis. So listeners, it is now up to you. What kind of news do you prefer? Unique ground reports that matter or the primetime circus? And if you like our work, now is the time to support us so that we can continue to bring you such compelling news stories. We are a 100% ad-free platform funded solely by our subscribers who have also made this podcast possible. So... Head on to newslaundry.com today and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner to power our coverage. On Sunday, tensions along the Assam-Mizoram border erupted once more over the construction of a bridge. According to the Hindustan Times, the Mizoram police filed a complaint against Assam police officials for allegedly taking building materials from the project site while Assam police officials claimed that the bridge was being built within their jurisdiction. According to the Deputy Commissioner of Kolasib in Mizoram, H. Lal Langliana, the bridge is being built in the Zofai region of Mizoram and is intended to link a road to a field owned by the state's former Chief Minister C. Chunga. The region is next to Assam's Helakandi district. According to the Deputy Commissioner, Assam police officials violated Mizoram's territory on Friday and took iron rods and other materials from the construction project site. However, Mizoram officials withdrew the case after the construction material was returned. The commissioner also accused the Assam police of creating problems for the workers at the project site. The Assam police, on the other hand, claimed that Mizoram was illegally constructing the bridge in Assam's jurisdiction. Helakandi Superintendent of Police Gaurav Upadhyay stated that the Mizoram authorities were constructing a bridge over a stream near Kachurthal, which borders Mizoram on one side and Assam on the other. The incident took place less than a month after violence erupted along the 164.6-kilometre-long border shared by the two states. Five Assam police officers were killed in the clash. On August 5, Assam and Mizoram signed a joint declaration to find a lasting solution to the border conflict. A delegation of leaders from 10 political parties in Bihar, including Chief Minister Nitish Kumar, Rashtriya Janta Dal's Tejasvi Yadav, Hindustani Awam Morcha's Jitan Ram Manji and Vikas Shil Insan Party's Mukesh Sahni visited Prime Minister Narendra Modi in New Delhi today to address the subject of conducting a caste-based census. Except for the BJP, all parties in Bihar have called for a count of caste numbers in the 2021 census. The Union Home Ministry informed Parliament on July 20 that it has chosen to not undertake a caste-based census. 
the only caste-based data that the next census will collect would be on Dalits and Adivasis, as has been the case with every census in independent India. The other backward classes, or the OBCs, which is India's largest caste bloc, will be excluded from this exercise. The announcement has sparked a political debate, with several political parties stressing the need for including people from all castes. Following the discussion on Monday, Nitish Kumar told reporters that all parties in Bihar are in support of such a census. He stated that people in Bihar and the rest of the country share his views on the issue. Bihar's leader of the opposition, Tejasvi Yadav, stated that a caste-based census would be a historic effort that would assist the impoverished and marginalized parts of society. According to ANI, parties from Bihar demanded a caste-based census not just in the state but throughout the country on Monday. The last national census of all caste groups was conducted in 1931. The National Investigation Agency, or the NIA, submitted 17 draft charges before a special court in Mumbai against the 15 accused in the Bhima Koregaon case. According to a PTI report, the charges do not mention any plot to assassinate Prime Minister Narendra Modi, which was a major accusation against those jailed in the case. The charges, however, include quote-unquote waging a war against the country and a conspiracy to arrange weapons to attempt or cause the death of a public functionary. In its draft charges, the NIA also alleged that the main purpose of the accused was to set up a Janta Sarkar, People's Government, through revolution and armed struggle to seize power from the state. A copy of the draft charges was made available to PTI today. Sixteen human rights lawyers, professors, poets and tribal rights activists had been arrested for allegedly plotting caste violence in a village in Pune in 2018. Tribal rights activist Stan Swami, one of the accused in the case, died in custody in July this year after being repeatedly denied bail despite his frail health. Varvara Rao, an 81-year-old Telugu poet, was granted bail on medical grounds for six months in February. Fourteen others remain jailed in Maharashtra, charged under the stringent Unlawful Activities Prevention Act. In the latest development in Afghanistan, an Afghan security guard has been killed in a firefight between unknown gunmen and Afghan forces at the north gate of Kabul airport. The clash took place early morning at 4.13am, while thousands of people thronged the airport seeking to flee Taliban rule. According to Al Jazeera, the German military said that three more people were also injured in the gun battle that also involved German and American forces. The chaotic situation at the Kabul airport has led to concerns that the massive evacuation effort may not be complete before American troops withdraw from Afghanistan by August 31. At least 20 people died in the chaos at the airport over the last week. Meanwhile, the Taliban has also announced that its fighters have surrounded resistance forces holed up in Afghanistan's Panjshir Valley, but the Taliban was looking to negotiate rather than take the fight to them. The announcement was followed by rumoured reports of clashes overnight, with pro-Taliban social media groups saying that gunmen were massing and Afghanistan's former vice president stating that resistance forces were holding strong. According to the latest report published by the United Nations Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, more than 12 million people in Syria and Iraq are losing access to water, food and electricity. Meanwhile, 13 aid groups warned and reiterated the report as they called for urgent action to combat the severe water crisis. 
As per the UN report, rising temperatures, record low levels of rainfall and drought are depriving people across the region of drinking and agricultural water, with Syria currently facing its worst drought in 70 years. While in Iraq, large areas of farmland, fisheries, power production and drinking water sources have been depleted, threatening the lives of at least 7 million people, said the report. In the Nineveh Governorate, wheat production is expected to decline by 70% because of the drought, while in the Kurdish region of Iraq, production is expected to decrease by half. As per the estimate shown in the report, some families in Anbar province of Iraq who have no access to river water are spending up to $80 a month on water. According to Al Jazeera's report, the regional director of CARE, an age group in the Middle East and North Africa, said, the severity of the situation has been compounded by the coronavirus pandemic. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.